Greetings, all of you fine listeners out there. If you're just tuning in, you are listening to KSKQ 89.5 in Ashland, Oregon, and 94.1 in Medford, Oregon. And the program that you are currently tuned into is Dream Infringement. That's right. Dream Infringement is a super squad of three very close friends. So close, we decided to create a radio show on our local community radio station, KSKQ. And in our show, we choose a theme every week, and we tell stories based on that weekly theme and play songs that we have curated a special playlist that is unique to that particular week that we have covered a theme for. So you are in store for a fantastic show because we decided to utilize a very fantastic speaking, reading, writing device. And that device is known as alliteration. The theme that we have chosen is pizza, pets, and peeves. That's right, peeves as in pet peeves. But we couldn't say pets and pet peeves because it just doesn't make sense. I don't know, it sounds too cluttered. So pizza, pets, and peeves. We are going to each, Emily, Jennifer, and myself, Bobby, tell a story based on each of those different topics and we've chosen songs to go along with those different stories so sit back relax and prepare to be entertained and since our theme this week is an alliteration like bobby mentioned we are going to play our first song uh with a title with an alliteration and that is by the Smiths, and it's please, please, please let me get what I want. So please, please, please let me, let me, let me, let me get what I want this time. Imagine you're working on a project or doing chores tidying up around the house, getting ready for bed, and in the background, do you hear this? Jennifer. Jennifer. Pet. Play. Theo. Mad. Quinn. Play. Oh, yeah? What, what did you just push? Chase. You want to chase? Some of those buttons I personally pushed to demonstrate what I hear all day Some of them, though, Theo pushed himself. And they don't show you this in the videos about teaching your pet to communicate with you with buttons, is that they will happily push those buttons all day long because they've been just dying to tell you that they want more pets and more play. They want you to wake up when they do in the morning. They want to say, pets, pets. Um, ugh, never mind, all done, all done, stop the petting. They want to say, play, play bed, because they want to play on the bed. And when you don't come, feel mad. Before you could just pretend not to know, now you know. And you know that you're ignoring a request from your little four-legged roommate terrorist. It amps up the guilt a little bit, but then it's also kind of fun to see what kind of words they put together. Like, sometimes he's hit bed, bed, all done, all done, in the morning when he wants me to wake up. Bed is all done. 
does he get it? I don't know. Does he just like coincidentally happen to push the buttons and they're just coincidentally making sense for the situation? But he's excited about it. I'm excited about it. So that's enough. And I keep trying to convert everyone I know with pets to do this because I think it's really interesting. And so far two friends have gotten buttons, but since it does take like a lot of time and patience and kind of mental energy to get them to figure it all out, it hasn't quite happened yet. Uh, so, so we'll see. But I do notice since I've done this that he is less self-entertaining. Like he wants me to play with him. Whereas he used to chase things around the house a lot more and he's not as into that as he was. So he, he's like, well, no, you, you play, I want you to play. Uh, and he is a cat that's very particular about his toys. He likes things with, with feathers. That's, that's about it. And things that crinkle. Uh, and then if the toy like hits his tail in a certain way, the toy is now disqualified from the rotation. He will not touch it anymore. He's very vain, very proud about his tail. Um, Fio is such a ebullient little soul. He's always got places to go, things to do. He's dashing around, just so joyfully lively. And it's sort of the opposite of my personality, but it's good. Like I have to match his energy a little bit and he makes me laugh. He will not be ignored in the long run, talking buttons or not. This song is by Vonda King and it's Talk to the Animals. If I could talk to the animals, just imagine it chatting with a chimp and chimpanzee. Imagine talking to a tiger, chatting with a cheetah. What a neat achievement it would be. Bobby and the boys and I currently have three pets. We have two cats. We have a black and white cat named Spock, um, like the character from Star Trek. And we have a big fluffy cat named Morty, short for Mordecai. And we have a little uh, lady um, betta fish named Fiona and she and I were the only two ladies holding down the fort <laughs> here <laughs> so um and they are all rather delightful and you might say how could a fish be delightful well before I tell you how Fiona our current fish is delightful I will first tell you about a previous fish that Bobby and I had named Jimmy, who was also delightful. Now, at the time that Bobby and I got Jimmy, um, it was just it was just me and Bobby, and we didn't have kids. We had our dog Eddie. Um, yeah, so it was just like the three of us: Bobby and me, and our dog Eddie. And I had always had betta fishes growing up. It was um, a thing that started by my grandparents buying me a couple of fishes uh, when I was a little kid. And one of them I named Rosie. And I can't remember the other one. Um, but after that, I just, I really enjoyed 
watching the bettas and like how their fins are so like flowy in the water it's very relaxing and you know they're relatively easy to take care of um so anyway bobby and i we got a fish he was red and we named him jimmy and he was just a really cool fish I don't know quite how to explain it. He just had little eyes that like he would like look at you when you're feeding him um, and he would get excited and like go to the top of his tank and he just had a personality. Also, his name is Jimmy the Fish, which is like super gangster um, of him. <laughs> and one time we went to Tucson for ugh, we were there for like a month, I think, and we had uh, one of our friends um, pet uh, fish sit our fish jimmy and she also fell in love with jimmy a little bit so that made me feel good like it wasn't just us thinking this fish had all this personality <laughs> our friends also uh felt the same way and um someone i think my parents took care of eddie our dog in case you were wondering like oh what happened to eddie um anyway so that was our first fish, Jimmy, and then we've had several other fish in between Jimmy and Fiona, and none of them really had, um, like, a personality, and when we got Fiona, we, it was our youngest son who picked her out, and she was kind of like a pale white color, kind of like translucent, so you can see some of her like fishy organs, and she doesn't have the beautiful long tail that the male fishes get, and I was being very superficial, and I asked our youngest son, like, are you sure you want this one? Because like, look at all the pretty ones. Uh, shame on me. And he stuck to his guns, and he was like, nope, this is the fish for me and I'm so glad he did because it didn't take us long to discover that she has like a huge personality for like this little tiny unassuming fish. She's so sweet. We have her in the kitchen and she watches us while we do things and she tracks us and she I don't know makes fishy eye contact with us in the same way that Jimmy did. And when we sprinkle her little food on top, she'll like leap to get it. It's very cute. And yeah, she just, for a little tiny, um, rather plain fish, Fiona is, she's quite charming. And I'm glad that uh, we didn't go with my superficial nonsense. We listened to our five-year-old and his, um, his uh, choice in getting Fiona. So while Fiona is confined to a fish tank and there's really not a lot of shenanigans she can get herself into, um, our cats, on the other hand, have free reign of the house and they get themselves into all kinds of shenanigans. Um, most recently they were wrestling in the middle of the night. Actually it was like early morning, so like two in the morning and we heard them tumble down the stairs and into the living room and then um, our oldest son Weston got up first and he was like oh my goodness downstairs is in shambles I don't think he said shambles but he said something like that and he was like the curtain is knocked down they pulled the curtain down and there, there's stuff like all over the cats were wrestling um so that's the kind of stuff they put us through we have a really uh, pretty tall ficus tree 
and um, the cats have not chewed on it, which is good because ficuses are not good for cats. Like they're the not good plants to chew on. So I'm hoping that instinctively they just know like this is a no chew plant. However, our big fluffy cat Morty likes to stare at it for a long time and then he'll whack, whack, whack the trunk of the tree and he'll watch like any loose leaves fall down. Um, One time he launched himself into the leaves of the tree, I think in an attempt to make some leaves fall down. And that's it. He doesn't play with the leaves when they fall. He just likes to watch them. Bobby goes to the gym usually in the evening after the boys are in bed and when he gets home Morty is at the door to like smell his stinky gym socks and rub his face in Bobby's shoes and just like lay all over them and just he really gets a kick out of sniffing Bobby's kicks and uh Bobby's been wearing like this big puffy vest when he goes out and then one night he brought it home and he threw it on the couch and our other cat Spock was like oh I can sit on this vest and make this nice comfy bed and Morty who is usually into the shoes was just so like consumed with jealousy that Spock had had made Bobby's vest like this comfy bed and he was just pacing and like meowing and didn't know what to do um because there is a little bit of a hierarchy here with the cats spock is definitely top top dog top cat uh in in our cat system here and morty is like he knows his boundaries but doesn't mean he doesn't push the boundaries um so he's very jealous and then the next day when bobby got home from the gym morty made his move on the vest because I guess it hadn't been like uh they hadn't decided quite yet whose territory it was so Morty got his chance and he got to sleep on the coveted vest and Spock is like too cool to really be phased by it he just kind of looked at him like whatever you can have it I'll give it to you peasant um anyway they keep us laughing these silly kitties Well, the song we chose is by Big Thief, and it is called Animals. This isn't really a peeve. This is a grievance. There's a certain popular supermarket chain we have here. They also have in Redmond. And the Redmond location has bad signage. I've looked at the signs at our local places and I don't understand how this is happening unless their signs look different. There's a pickup location and people are supposed to call and say they've arrived to pick up something, I don't know, (laughs) groceries, medications. And the sign has a phone number and a store number, but it's listed in such a way that it looks like the last four digits, which are the store number, should be the telephone number. And that's what they dial. And it's my personal direct cell phone number. I get three to five calls a day, 
that I usually ignore. But sometimes I'm expecting a call and then I answer and it's always the same. Someone's like, I'm here for a pickup. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not them. You have the wrong number. And sometimes they'll try and argue with me. Like, well, that's not, <laughs> the sign says that it's this. And then they look at it more closely and they're like, oh, sorry, over and over again. And I changed my voicemail to be like, hey, if you're calling for the supermarket, you have the wrong number. Please tell them to change their signs to make it clearer because I get these calls all day long. You know, but if you're calling for me personally, Jennifer, <laughs> please leave a message. And then the people who are trying to call me get confused and think they've called the supermarket when they hear my message, even though I thought it was clear. <laughs> and yes, I have called the Redmond store to tell them about this problem. And it's like the person I'm talking to is just like a, a cog in the machine. Like they have no power. And this is like authorized, probably like corporate signage. They can't just go take a Sharpie and fix it. They're kind of stuck as well. And I kind of wish I wasn't so empathetic because I feel like if I played with the wrong callers and made them mad and frustrated, something like that would <laughs> evoke the change I am seeking. You know, if someone called and I said, oh, yeah, we'll be right out. And then, you know, of course, no one would be. And if they called back saying, like, you said you'd be right out, I could say, well, yeah, I was. Um, yeah, I dropped off your items already. That person drove off a long time ago. Was that not you? Oh, sorry. And then offer no solution to that problem. I think, like, people on TikTok or YouTube would, like, thrive on this kind of situation for the likes. <laughs> but... I don't want to make people frustrated and angry. People that are just trying to make it through their day, they're tired, they just want to pick up whatever and go home. So here we are. I might check into a few online forums and see how other people have handled it, you know, making it clear that I don't want to be the stress in someone else's life. I want to be the stress for this supermarket to uh, make their signs better and so that I'm left alone. That's my grievance. Ugh. <laughs> it's a valid grievance, I think. I mean, maybe not if you're grading on a curve between like people who are, yeah, but it's a first world grievance, shall we say. This song is TVXQ with wrong number. You got the wrong number. Hi there, this is Bobby. Before I begin, I'd like to make a full disclosure and say that the following words are going to be bathroom related. So if you're a little bit squeamish when it comes to the topic of that room that we dare not speak of, I don't know, perhaps you talk about it all the time, in which case you will absolutely love this piece. But if that's something that you're a little sensitive to, then I suggest you plug your ears and hum Jacob's Ladder by Huey Lewis in the News. Okay, let's begin. You're familiar with the classic American bathroom, are you not? You have a toilet, you have a sink, 
And depending on the uh, type of bathroom that you perhaps have, it may have a shower or a tub or a combination of both. These are all very basic installments of a bathroom. These are elements that, of course, we come to know and rely on, right, for very particular needs. But one of the items that we tend to take for granted that is found in most bathrooms, most traditional bathrooms, is a mirror. Yeah, a mirror is necessary because, you know, we can look at ourselves when we're getting ready in the morning to go to work or or the evening when we're about to go on that date with, you know, that dreamy uh, potential partner that uh, we're looking forward to getting to know. But we want to make sure that our hair is in just the right place or our mass mustache is, is uh, twisted up in the ends uh, in just the right way. So uh, that is necessary the mirror is important and i don't in any shape or form uh deny anyone of the fact that a mirror is necessary in a bathroom that's something that i rely on as well but what i want to pick a bone with is the placement of the mirror that's right the location of the mirror in your bathroom because yes we have come to rely on a mirror that's over the sink perhaps it's a medicine cabinet that has uh, has a mirror or perhaps you have no medicine cabinet and this mirror is just pre simply pressed against the wall and uh, you know it's over the sink so that's just part of the that's part of what what you have going on but what my problem is a mirror that is placed in a way where it reflects the toilet and it's not just an entire mirror that is placed right in front of the toilet. Sometimes it's a small mirror that is placed in just the way where you can see just your face when you are using said toilet. I have a problem with any mirror that reflects doing the bathroom deed. And although this sounds like a personal complaint, I view it more as a public service announcement. I think that more attention should be given to the placement of mirrors when it comes to the bathroom. So the next time you are decorating your bathroom or the next time you are remodeling a previously established bathroom, think about where the mirror is because you're doing your guests a favor. You're doing future you a favor. You're doing your loved ones a favor by not allowing them to have to see themselves in a state that really they had no intention of seeing. I believe it's thoughtful. I believe it's an act of kindness. It shows consideration. It shows love for your fellow man. So let's all go into our bathrooms after this show is over and just take a look around and make sure that there's no mirrors that are facing the toilet. No mirrors where someone might catch a glimpse of something that they really do not want to see. And don't worry, I haven't forgotten about the other side of the coin. I know there are people out there who like mirrors placed right in front of the toilet. I know that they might enjoy it, that that's something that they care about, that their reflection while taking part in this very human uh, expression is something that they value, that they think of as uh, beautiful. And for that, I applaud you. I respect you. 
And I have no intention of taking your dignity away in that regard. I think that it shows great strength and self-awareness, not just to be able to tolerate it, but to intentionally place a mirror in a way where you can see yourself in that way. So I think it's a beautiful thing. However, I can only speak from my own experience and I can't help but carry the torch for those who have been put in such an uncomfortable position for decades, for a millennia, for as far back as mirrors have graced the walls of our bathrooms. So whether you're for or against mirrors that are placed right in front of the toilet, here is a song to inspire you, to light a fire in you, to help you to enjoy whatever stance you have chosen. Here is Mirror in the Bathroom by The English Beat. Emily here with some peeves coming your way. Emily here with some peeves coming your way. And that was an example of my first peeve, which is the new weird voice everyone is using on TikTok and Instagram. I think it's ridiculous. I can't stand it. There's nothing that I dislike more than watching people's faces uh, be a normal face and then have that voice. Obviously, there are things I dislike more than that strange voice people are using. Um, but I really just don't care for the way everyone is suddenly using it. And everyone, I guess, agreed without me that this is the new thing to do. This is the new robot voice. And it it's distressing to me. I don't enjoy it. Um, and I tried to go on like a quest to understand the new voice. I was like, what is it? Like, how are people doing this? Why is it so accessible to everyone? And so I did, like I figured out where it came from because sometimes when you dislike something, you just need to, and it's new and, and you don't understand it. And that is where the dislike comes from. So I thought, well, I will try to, I will try to understand the voice. And I did. I now know how people do it. That does help a little bit. I'm not sure why. I guess just like knowing where, like physically where it's coming from. Um, it is a voice filter on TikTok. I personally do not make TikToks because I just, who has the time? Also, I just don't really, obviously don't understand what people like if this is the kind of thing people like. Uh and I don't know. I like Gen Z is supposedly the ones that are really into TikTok right now, but then like millennials like myself got in on it. So I don't know if this is like a Gen Z thing that got popular or if it's like a just a really annoying millennial thing that started. I don't know. <laughs> so I guess I still don't know exactly where it came from, but I do physically know how to replicate it. And in some way, that does help just a little bit. So that's my first peeve. Oh, my second peeve is a scary one. And I feel like not many people are going to be on board with this. But Jennifer says I have to live my truth. So 
I'm sorry, Swifties. It's not that I don't like Taylor Swift. I think she she is talented, extremely talented. She knows how to market herself or she has hired people who know how to market her. And she is she's she is thriving. She's a champion of the music world. So it's her song Antihero and let me preface this with some good things that I things I like about it. I like that it has like a dreamy kind of almost 80s influenced uh, feel to it. Um, I like the message, the overall message that she's giving because I think it is relatable, which is part of why I think she's so popular. People are, they see themselves in Taylor Swift's message. Um, I would like to be able to fully throw myself into the song and just let it wash over me and like envelop me and take me away. But I can't do that because of the lyrics. And it starts at the very beginning and she says, I have this thing where I get older but just never wiser. Midnights become my afternoons. And when she says midnights become my afternoons, that's my first, the first thing that like pulls me out of the song because I'm like, oh, because her album is called Midnights. <sighs> and then it just goes on from there. And there are some other lines that just like take me out of the song and I just start overthinking them. Um, one is in the chorus. Uh, she says, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Great. Great lyric line in my opinion uh, like yeah just an everyday lady I'm not a professional I don't think I'm you know special in any way I'm just giving my own opinion um okay it's me hi I'm the problem it's me great lyrics we've all felt that way then she says at tea time everybody agrees at tea time like, I don't know if I just don't know Taylor Swift enough to know that if she has tea time every day or like who's attending this tea time, but I don't understand it. It pulls me out of the song and then I start thinking about like who's having tea time with Taylor Swift. Like, is this a metaphor for something? I don't know. Um, and then she says, sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby and I'm the monster on the hill. I just, I can't do it with that line. Everybody, I feel like everybody's a sexy baby. I don't know. I mean, she might have meant baby in the way that like, like, oh, baby, hey, babe. But it just doesn't, doesn't land with me, takes me out of the song. And then I, I feel like I can't enjoy it. I can't like follow this huge group of people who like love Taylor Swift I like Taylor Swift. I respect Taylor Swift, but I just, I can't with these lyrics. So I'm going to mash my final theme in with this theme because I'm running out of time and that is pizza. And the fact of the matter is I love pizza. I would eat pizza all the time if it didn't have such an adverse effect on my stomach. Um, I have to be really careful nowadays in my mid thirties about how much pizza I indulge in and I'm really excited to hear what Jennifer has to say about pizza because I don't know her preferences. 
I don't, I'm not a picky person. Yes, I'll take the pineapple with the Canadian bacon. Yes, I'll take the pepperoni. I'll take the meat lovers. I'll take the veggie. I'll take the weird one with like the pear and gorgonzola and the balsamic vinaigrette. It's all good. I'll eat the pizza and that's all you need to know about me. Jennifer, what have you to say? Pizza. After two years of not being able to tolerate gluten, uh, I took a supplement for digestive health for a little while, and now I can eat gluten. And I cannot say for sure that those two events are linked, just that (laughs) those are events that happened, and I can eat gluten now without the horrible repercussions. A decent pizza crust was something that I craved so much because gluten-free products haven't really caught up to that yet. Pizza crust, it's just subpar. And it made it almost not worth it to even eat pizza because the crust is like the foundation of the pizza. Like it just, it's not the same without a good crust. As far as pizza toppings, I have three like main ones that are like in rotation with a once in a while substitution. So first up, there's uh, one place that has, it's an artichoke chicken bacon garlic sauce pizza. It's very like savory and I enjoy that. Um, I, I do love a Hawaiian pizza. I do. I'm one of those people where I'm like, put the, the pineapple on the pizza. It's just that sweet and savory taste combination and it tastes really good to me. And I'm not embarrassed to say it. I know it gets a lot of flack. People think it's an abomination, but it tastes good to me. So obviously I don't think it's an abomination. Um, I love the good Italian sausage, olive and mushroom pizza. Like it's nice, it's, it's hearty. It feels like it has a lot of like umami type flavors. And every once in a while, I'll just throw in a chicken barbecue sauce pizza. Just every once in a while, I crave it. So those are kind of my favorite pizza toppings. I think if someone had to like order a pizza for me, the, the big rule is I really dislike things like the meat lovers or hog heaven style pizzas because the thought of like pepperoni and sausage and Canadian bacon all together, I don't like that. That's too much. I don't like mixing meat types and it just seems so heavy and greasy and gross. This song is by the Bouncing Souls and it is called the Pizza Song. On a dark street, on a cold night, pizza's cooking in a stuff front oven. On the corner, a boy is waiting, the moonlight feels cold and desperate. Bobby. Yes, Emily. What kind of pizza toppings do you like? And more importantly, which ones would you send away? Ooh, playing a little devil's advocate, eh? I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think I am. I'm just asking you a question. Okay, well, that's how I advocate for the devil. So let's see. Jennifer mentioned that she likes to keep her meat separate. Whereas I love it when they are just like at a rate, like raving together. Like they're at the club, sausage is there, uh, ham is there, 
bacon is there uh italian sausage is there what else is there what other kind of meats are there um, canadian bacon i guess it's canadian like all bacon. the different kinds of pork <laughs> What about some pizzas have ground beef? Would you put ground beef on that pizza? I would. I would. And I'll tell you why. Because I believe that the more meat on my pizza, the more delicious it is. That's why. It wasn't a complex answer. <laughs> I just like all the meat on my pizza. It's great. And, and throw some olives on there. Throw some bell peppers on there. <clears throat> a little mushrooms. Um, cheese, of course. Uh, everything. Throw it all on there. Throw some spinach on there. Like if and and I just discovered feta cheese dressing. I'm crazy about it. So honestly, you can put like a you can put a boot on my pizza, and if I dip it in that stuff, it's going down the gullet, and it's gonna be delicious. So Bobby is pro commingling meats. Jennifer is against it, and I think. Once again, I'm somewhere in the middle where it's like not the thing I would necessarily go for, but it doesn't bother me. I'd eat it. You know what I can't stand? And I'm sorry, there's people out there who are like, you can hardly tell the difference when you put the right stuff on it. That thin crust. I am sorry, but it is it is faking pizza. It is like pretending that it is pizza. It is in disguise. Because when you're looking at it from a bird's eye view, or for instance, myself looking down at it from from the like above on the, while it sits on the table, um, it doesn't, it, it, it looks fine. It looks like a pizza, but, but like from the side, it's on a cracker. You can't see it. Where is the pizza? Oh, there it is. Yeah, and how how do you decide, like, oh, this is the crust and this is the pizza? Like, on a regular slice of pizza, you know where the crust is. It's not like, it's in plain sight. It's not in disguise or anything like that. So I just, I don't understand how thin crust is is still technically, like, pizza. It, or it should be called pizza. It should be called round cracker. Maybe you've just been eating pizzas on round crackers. <laughs> I feel like some thin crust is good. Like some places have a thin crust and I enjoy it. It's tasty. Yeah, I don't know. I just I guess pizza in all forms like I was never I I wasn't raised with the concept that like you could pick and choose your pizza because like I mean I ate pizza of all sh shapes and sizes and and types and uh you know pizza like on just like white bread. You just put some sauce, you put some cheese, you put some pepperoni on it, boom, you got yourself a pizza, and it was delicious. Pizza bread. Yeah. Well, we've reached the end of our show, folks, and it's been lovely. Please tell us in some fashion, whether it is by phone or email or on social media, what your pets, peeves, and pizza preferences are. We'd love to hear them. Yeah, and and you could even like spell it in pepperoni on a pizza and have it delivered to us. And if you want to know where to deliver it to, uh, take a picture of yourself with the pizza. Uh, make sure that it's a modest picture, nothing weird. Uh, just show us that you're putting your money where your mouth is. You don't have to have money in your mouth. We don't want that. But uh, if, you're, if you mean serious business, we can make this pizza delivery thing happen where you purchase pizza for us and we eat it. That, that would be delightful. I would not complain. <laughs> 
All right. Well, on that note, please stick around for more of this marvelous community radio station, KSKQ. We will see you next week with more songs and more stories based on a weekly theme. Good night, everyone. Sayonara, and keep watching the skies. Bye.